0: You're listening to teaching from Central Church in West Columbia, South Carolina. We hope that this message will help you experience Jesus in a new and exciting way. For more information, please visit us at centralnazarene.org. And one of the things that we have to be on guard about is to think that somehow uh, that you or I have understood it all. And and to never become complacent or to think that we have arrived. All of us are continually arriving. The mystery of the knowledge of God and what He is doing is greater than any one of us. So there should be a continuing hungering and thirsting after God and after the wisdom and knowledge of God. Because it is beyond finding out. It is beyond fully discovering. As the scripture says, "Who who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has ever been his counselor? And he says, your ways are not my ways. My ways are past finding out. And so for us to become complacent or think we have arrived, or now we can stop rowing the boat and just kind of cruise on in, that's kind of a dangerous thing. And so I'm going to spend the month of October talking about uh, the apocalypse. Talking about the end talking about um, things I hear people talking about. And I, want, and I preface that comment by previous comments because what happens is each of us have, has a kind of an understanding of how it all is going to unfold and how it's all going to happen. And we kind of are confident that we kind of think how that's all going to unfold. And depending on how astute you have been, or who your pastors have been, <clears throat> excuse me, or what your interests have been, there's a degree to which probably which you think you have some kind of understanding of it. And that's good. But you need to keep in a place where you are continuing to learn, continuing to learn and to understand. So I'm going to begin with this phrase. Now each Sunday will be a different a different dimension or a different explanation. And uh, I am doing my best. Now, I have, I'm, I'm past 40 years of age. I'm past that. And I literally have been in the church my whole life. I, I may not have made it the first Sunday of entering into the world. I don't actually know that, but it's very possible my very first Sunday of being on the planet as a human being, I may have missed that Sunday. And other than being sick or on vacation, I have been in church. I, I was literally born in the church. My dad was my pastor. Uh, so I'm, what I'm trying to do is give you some understanding that I, I've, I've, been a, I've been around a little while, like, like many of you. And so I've heard all kinds of things, and so have you. And I was trained in a certain kind of way, and so are you. And so uh, I graduated from junior high. I graduated from high school. I graduated from college. I graduated from seminary. And I I continue to learn and learn and learn because there's no end of it. So, uh, and and I think about the world. Now, God loves the world. You know that God doesn't just love the United States. I, I know you know that. And you know that the United States is not the kingdom of God. I mean, I I know that you know that. And you know that God doesn't always do things the way that we think he ought to do them, right? You do know that. God doesn't follow your your description or my description. He doesn't ask my opinion. He has never asked me my opinion. And he hasn't asked yours either. Say amen, somebody. He He doesn't need your opinion or your approval nor mine. So Jesus uses this phrase, and I'm going, I'll be talking about it among other things, but um, I want to read you a passage of Scripture, and I'm not going to give you the full context, you can read it. I'll give you, the, I'll give you the, the chapter, and you can read the full verse, I mean the full chapter, but I'm just going to pull out a verse out of that, because you're very familiar with it. It says this, as Jesus, it's in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 3, it says, as Jesus was sitting on Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, telling Tell us, they said, when will this happen? That is, Jesus has just described some things that are going to happen. When will this happen, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So that's a very popular phrase. When will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So, When we hear that phrase, by this time, at this point in history, and in our training, and in what we have been taught, we hear that in terms of the second coming of Christ. That's how we understand that. That's what we're hearing. I mean, I I can almost guarantee you, when you hear that phrase, you're not thinking anything about what Jesus is actually saying. You're thinking about, that's the second coming. That's, That's what that's talking about. That's just what we think, because... Almost every sermon you've ever heard has been shaped that kind of way. I said almost. Uh, I try not to ever use universal language because that's 100% wrong. When I say universal language, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about all, always, every time. That's not true. So when Vicky says, you always say that, I go, that's not true. Not every time. <laughs> it's not always. So, okay, I shouldn't have done that. But anyway... <laughs> So, so what happens is we've been so enculturated, and, this is, and I'm going to show you how dangerous this is in just a moment. We are so enculturated and indoctrinated so that when we hear certain words, we have an interpretation of what those words mean. You, you can't help that. We, and I'm going to talk about presuppositions and assumptions maybe next week, but you can't help that because you, you hear things. Everything I say, I've learned from somebody. I've heard it somewhere, I read a book, I read the scriptures, I I listened to a sermon, I heard a podcast, I, I read a book, so my mind is filled with all kinds of thoughts that I have gleaned from all kinds of sources, and so have you, because that's all we can do. We, we gather information and we form our thoughts and how we interpret the world by the things that we have gleaned, the things that we have uh, understood or think that we have understood. So when we, when we hear the signs of the times, or when we hear uh, things about uh, the end of the age, we, we think about the second coming of Christ. And, and, and we have heard over in my lifetime... And in your lifetime, we have heard of things like the rise of of Islamic terrorism we've heard you, you hear uh, sermons about the uh, ascent of of, of of like gay marriages throughout the West. You hear about uh, leaders who who don 't follow the law they make up laws as, as they go we, we live in the midst of, of racial tensions we have a, a divided culture we have a a pandemic going on in the world we have uh, the rise of, of uh, of evil, and what we might call ugliness, popping its head up all over the planet, we hear from time to time, depending on what time of year it is that you hear it, of various Jewish holidays, and, and there's these high and holy days in the Jewish uh, tradition, and when we get close to one of those, like Yom Kippur, or the Feast of Trumpets, or or various other ones that they have, they, they are, our sensitivities go up, because... You know, God sometimes has used those high and holy days to to accomplish certain things on the planet. We know that uh, under certain uh, eschatological or end-time kind of scenarios, when it has to do with Russia, the bear out of the north, and and we know that, that uh, Russia now has pretty strong influence in Syria, which is just to the north of, of Israel. So, I mean, all this stuff is going on, so it heightens our awareness because we've been trained and taught that to be sensitive to these things. And so... Uh, what else do we have uh, then we, ha- we have uh, Jonathan Kahn just talking to Candy about that earlier, Jonathan Kahn, who just kind of like organized uh, kind of spearheaded the uh, 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 this uh, prayer prayer event that took place in Washington. I think it was just last weekend, and he makes a, a prediction, a grave prediction that uh, there is a final warning to the United States uh, in his books. He says things like that. and we- what else do we have? We have um, uh, what what appears. I say what appears because I'm not God and I don't know, and I because I, only what appears is that so much of the Western church has gone into apostasy. We just make up doctrine and beliefs about how, however we want it. We make up a God in our own image and we make up ethics and morals in our own, in our own likeness and, and we create a culture, a church culture out of our own likeness, out of our own wants, a God after our own image. And, and we just kind of do that. And, and much of the church has kind of just fallen right into that. It appears. I say it appears because I don't know everything and I'm not God and he didn't ask my opinion. Um, so, um, so, so it would appear based on all these kinds of things ...that man, surely we are at the end or toward the end... ...or in the end of the last days, something like that. And I said it appears. But here's the deal. As far as I can tell... ...and I can't tell everything because I haven't been that far. I'm only 40-something past years old. So there's a lot I don't know. So it's, but it certainly appears that as I have read history... ...and as I've looked at history throughout the decades... ...and throughout the centuries, every decade... Every people, every generation thought for sure that theirs was that generation. Theirs was that time. As far as I can tell. And, and that's a good thing because we should always be on our guard. In fact, that's, that's what is supposed to happen. So, uh, and, and we want to know. We're just, that's just human nature. We're inquisitive. That's why, uh, that's why we tell our kids do not stick a screwdriver in that little slot on the wall. That's not good. Don't do that. Because we're inquisitive. You see a little kid take a screwdriver or a fork or something and want to put something in don't, don't do that. We're inquisitive. We Don't go behind the wall. What are you going to do? You're going to go look behind the wall. The worst thing you can do is tell somebody, don't go do that. Because that's what they're going to go do. Because they want to know what that is. Because they don't know what that is, so they want to go find out. So it's just natural. It's just human nature that we would want to know what it is, when it is. If it's coming, when is it going to come? When is it going to happen? And how are we going to know? So... Those are all things that, uh, that have to do with this question. Signs. Signs of the end. Um, in fact, the, the, the exact expression, the exact expression, the signs of the times, are words that Jesus used. Those are words, uh, out of translation, exact words that Jesus used, and they're only used one time in the whole Bible. Signs of the times. It is the, Jesus is the only one that said that, other than it being translated. They come from his lips. And so what we need to do to see what we're not good at uh, so much is not paying attention to the context. Now, this is important. and really, You really need to listen. Because the context shapes the meaning of the words. And if we don't know the context of the words of which they were spoken, or even the meaning of the words, and we come off with some meaning of them, we can be completely off the mark of what the context is telling us. Now, I said that pretty fast, and I said that with one breath. How many of you heard what I said? If we don't pay attention to the context, we will have a pretext. I didn't make that up. I stole that from somebody. You have a pretext of what it means. You'll think you'll know what it means, but it may have nothing to do with actually the context of what was said. This is one of those things. We have an understanding of what they mean, but most of us—and I would—I would—I would bet you ninety percent of us have the same understanding of what that means. But let's look at it. And there's these words that, when we do uh, when we do interpretation of scripture. Uh, When we study Scripture, when we try to expound on what the Scripture says, there's these two words that are important, and I know that you know them, and I've said them before, but they're important, and 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 uh, they're, I I mean, I could, I don't know how else to say it, but there's, and if you've been in school, uh, you'll you'll be familiar. There's there's exegesis. Now it doesn't mean we kick Jesus out of the room. It's a word that means that we try to find what the meaning of the words are from the words themselves. Not eisegesis, to put into the words our own meaning. That's very important. What happens so many times, we isegete a text. We put into the text or read into the text our own presupposition of how we think things ought to be or how we think they are, and we read that into a text, the context may not be saying that at all. But because we have presuppositions about how things are and how they ought to be and how we were trained and how we thought ourselves, then we'll read that into the words that we're reading. I mean, this is just a truth of human nature. And so we have to be on guard of that. Seriously, We have to be on guard of that. So that's in, uh, that's in uh, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 3. And Jesus says to the, to the scribes and Pharisees have come to him to ask him. They don't ask him. That doesn't even come out of a eschatological or future or when's the end coming. That statement doesn't even come out of that context. It doesn't come out of that. But we have made it that. Are y'all blessed now? I'm I'm really I'm trying to be a pastor, I'm, I'm trying to help, and I'm trying to clarify and I'm trying to teach. The scripture says, study yourself, study, study yourself to be a workman that rightly divides the word of truth. The implication is that is that you can wrongly divide it. You can eisegete instead of exegete. So when we look at the text, the text that we all hear and we all think something about it has nothing to do with what it's actually talking about. How can that be? Vicki said, well, what's it talking about? Good you'll ask. Let's go there. So the context in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 3 is this. The scribes and the Pharisees come to Jesus and say what sign do you signs are big signs are huge what sign do you give us to prove yourself the context has nothing nothing to do with the end of the age or the second coming Or anything like it. The scribes and the Pharisees come to him and say, What sign do you give us to prove to us that you are legit? That's the question. That's the context. And Jesus goes on to say, I wonder how he said it. You guys know how to look at the skies and say, Tomorrow it's going to rain. But you cannot discern the signs of the times. Hey, hear the language. You cannot discern when the future's coming. You cannot discern when I'm coming back. It's not even in the conversation. You cannot recognize that the kingdom of God has come into your midst. Already? That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about a second coming or the end of the age. That word, the signs of time is like, you have this preconceived notion and you see the reason it's really, really disturbing him because they are the teachers of the word. But this is why it's so dangerous, because they are teachers of the Word. He said to Nicodemus, how can you be a teacher of Israel and you don't know these things? It wasn't he was talking to the little kid who has lived on the backside of the country who's never been to school. He said, you are teachers of the law and you don't know these things. How are you, if I tell you heavenly things and you can't, how are you, if I can't tell you earthly things, you can't get it, how are you going to believe if I tell you heavenly things? So what he is lamenting, what he has just probably broken in his heart about is that I'm standing right in front of you and you don't recognize the season that you're in. You don't recognize what's right in front of your eyes and that is what scares me to death. Because we all have a, an understanding of what's going on in the world. We all have an understanding of what's going on in our life, or in our country, or, or in the church. We all think we have an understanding of it. And, and, and we all do. You can't help but have that. But what if you're completely wrong? Because you have such an ingrained, preconceived notion about that, that you completely miss what God is doing. And it's, it's a very, very scary proposition and so much havoc, so much bloodshed has taken place because people are get going ingrained into their idea of what ought to be rather than what God ought to do, what God is trying to do, and people literally get killed over it in history. In fact, in fact, in Luke chapter 17 and verse 20. Well they ask him, Luke has given his rendition of it. They ask him, you know, when, when when are we going to know then when the kingdom of God is here? What sign? What sign are you going to give us that we then know that the kingdom of God is here? And Jesus says, the kingdom of God is not going to come with signs. It's not going to come that way. It's here. It's right in front of you. It's not coming with... Read it for yourself. Luke chapter 17 and verse 20. Or 20, say like 18, 19, 21, 23. That little context there. It doesn't come that way. It's here. The kingdom of God is here. And this is what's so exasperating. Is we act like it's not. And that was 2,000 years ago. And so Jesus talked about... We see, but we don't see. We have ears but we don't hear. And the reason we don't is because we have such preconceived, pre-deep-seated ideas about it that we can't actually hear what the truth is. How many of you ever had a kid and you've been trying to explain something to one of your own kids, or maybe you're a teacher. you got this kid who thinks they already know, but you actually do know. I was probably like that when I was a kid. The teacher the parent actually knows what the truth is, The kid thinks they know, so they argue with the parent. You know full well because you're like 30 years older. You've already walked that road. You already know where that road goes. You may even walk down that road yourself. And you can say, I already walked that road. It goes to a bad place. They don't listen because they already know. Even though they don't know. So Jesus is telling them the kingdom of God is right here. It's right in front of you, but you have such a such a closed mind, you have such a deep sense of understanding of how it ought to be in yourself that you can't hear what's being said. And so I'm always on guard, I'm always listening, I'm always trying to study, I'm always listening to to try to discern what is it that I perceive or that I think that is askew, that is not right, that I might miss what God is doing because I'm just too arrogant to hear what God's saying. So this is the sad thing. They missed, speaking of the the, the scribes and the Pharisees, they missed the inbreaking of the kingdom of God right in front of them because they did not have the eyes to see nor the ears to hear. And so they missed the sign that was right in front of them at that very moment. So when we talk about the signs, when you talk about signs, signs are for the present moment. Now now please hear that. Say it over in your brain. Signs are for the present moment. To witness to the embraking of the kingdom of God in the present age. More over that. Signs are to communicate to the present age, whatever the present age is at the time, that the kingdom of God has broken into it and is active and is alive and is moving. I don't know if you can receive that. But because we have apocalyptic presuppositions in our thinking and assumptions that so often we miss And we don't participate in the breaking of the kingdom of God because we've got our minds set on a future time when we may not even be there and it doesn't even matter. Can you hear that? Because we hear and understand things in such a way so that we have our eyes over there. It's like your dog, squirrel. when you want, to, want him to sit down and eat. God wants us to stop, look, listen. The kingdom of God is right here. Not squirrel, not end time, not second coming. You can't control that. You have nothing to do with that. He's not going to ask you when. He's just going to come. So why are you preoccupied with it? Hear the message. The kingdom of God is in your midst. It's here. It's right now. So, one, one a New Testament writer gave four. I'm only going to give you two, maybe three at the most. Mistakes or errors that we tend to make when we misunderstand the context. I'll give them to you as quick as possible. When we get focused on the end, too often we lose sight of Today. When we get focused on over there, we lose sight of right here. And the scripture is this. Salvation is today. Now is the accepted time. Today, if you will hear his voice. Jesus cried out to those who were listening to him, Don't say four more months. It's now. The fields are ripe right now. Look see if you will see you will act you will be moved you'll be stirred and you'll have conviction about your life and what you're doing with your resources and your time and your energy don't look over there that's a distraction but look right now look at the mess of our community look at the mess of our church look at the mess of our nation it's right now the kingdom of God is here and he wants to make a difference but we're all stuck over there So the signs, I'll say it one more time, has to do with the present perspective, not the future. Please, get that. The signs have to do with the present hour and not in some hour yet to come. There are, it, because if you will make that transition, and it's, it's like a paradigm shift. See, I'll say this. I'll, I'll do my best to like present this truth and give you the text and try to give you the context because it's so deeply ingrained in our thinking and our psyche and our consciousness and our our orientation and our suppositions, I mean, before you get out the door, the old assumption will jump right back in. It'll just go right back to default mode. But if it will change, if you can make that paradigm shift, that the sign is here, it's now, it's today, then it might have something to do with with you understanding you're the people of God right here, right now. And God is making His appeal to the the world through you, right here, right now. Then you understand that you're a citizen of the kingdom of God first. No matter what else is going on in the world or where you are in the world, you're a citizen of the kingdom of God And you're a prophet. I don't mean that you're telling the future. I mean, you're just speaking. Your life is is a written epistle from God to your neighbors, to your family, to your children. Say, well, they're not listening. Well, they didn't listen to him. They didn't listen to Noah. They didn't listen to the prophets, but he still speaks and he still calls. And you speak to the world on God's behalf. Listen to that. You are... A sign and you are speaking to the world on God's behalf. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that a wonderful privilege? But if you're over there, you're barely focused over there, and, and the urgency and the immediacy of the moment, the present moment, the present hour, won't grab you or grip you like it could. Uh, okay. This is uh, you think, you think that you might be above that, but our understanding and our presuppositions are so strong that only, probably only God himself can shake them and shake us loose from them. And I'll give you a case in point. The Jewish leaders who were the teachers of the law didn't see it. I, I tried to make that point a while ago. They, they didn't see it coming. They, they, they didn't, didn't recognize it. They, they had a presupposition of how it was supposed to happen, and so when it actually happened, they missed it. And, and we can throw rocks at them, you know, and we give them a hard time. But let me bring it a little bit closer somebody that you do admire and you do appreciate. One of the understandings, one of the reasons they missed it, because they thought that when the kingdom of God came, it would come with cataclysmic kinds of events, that the mountains would melt down, that the, 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 uh, the, the wicked would be smitten, that, that the nation would, of Israel would rise up, and that, that uh, the axe would be laid at the root, and, and judgment would come, and, and things would be shaken, stars would fall from the sky, and, and there would be great disturbance in the earth, and, and the king would come, and he would set things right. But that's not how it happened. It's not how it happened. And there didn't seem to be any judgment. The wicked kept being wicked. The wicked rulers kept ruling. The powers that be remained in place. The people of God still suffered. Things weren't set right. Rome wasn't dispatched. Things still appeared to be very dark. So John the Baptist, I mean, John came preaching. One of his messages was, he's coming with fire, and he's coming and, he would, and he's coming with judgment, and he's, he's got an axe, and man, I'm telling you, it's, it's at the root. He's ready to strike. And the people looked at him as one sent from God, and he was, and Jesus said, the great... Now listen, listen, I know I'm talking a little bit long, but listen, talk, Jesus said, there was not a greater prophet than John. So John's preaching, he's the greatest prophet. Things are not exactly as he described them to be. So he finds himself in prison. And his understanding about what God is going to do, even in his own thinking, talking John the Baptist here, he's so shaken by what he sees, that even though he was there and he saw heaven open, he saw a dove descend and he heard a voice say, this is my son, great things happened with john but because it didn't happen the way that he understood that it was going to break out into the world he sent word to jesus i'm a little confused help me out here where's the judgment where's the fire where's the axe i'm in prison here i'm probably going to die when is the deliverer coming I'm not seeing the fire. I'm not seeing stars fall. Everything seems to be just like it was. If John can be caught off guard, what about you? Don't be so arrogant. Don't think you know. Don't think you know. Be humble, because you probably don't know. And Jesus sends word back. So what really, really threw people? Tell John, he says, the blind receive their sight. The lame are made to walk. The leper is cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. Good news is preached to the poor. So you've heard that, so it doesn't... Well, well, I know that, but you didn't hear it. You heard it, but you, but you didn't hear it. The dead are raised. The gospel is preached to the poor. They're right beside each other. See, what would get our attention is if all over, all over the world, dead people are raising. You're talking about CNN, C, CBS, CBS CN, whoever, I can't call their names out. Fox News. Man, they'd all be there. I mean, it'd be like, but preached to the poor? Jesus put them right beside each other. The dead are raised, good news is preached to the poor. In fact, when Jesus, when Jesus was pushed, when he was pushed, and, and, and he just, for whatever reason, he felt a need to give some kind of answer, one answer that he did give is that, and this gospel will be preached in all the world before the end comes. That's, that's one thing that he did not fire from heaven, not stars falling. This gospel will be preached all over the world. So, in fact, the people were so disturbed. And, you know, John had his heads cut off, and he was a great, what in the world is God doing? So Jesus asked them, well, what were you expecting? What, what were you expecting? A reed shaken in the wind? What were you expecting? Let me bring it to a close. And this is an old one, so I won't beat it much at all. Is that I'm past 40, as I think I've made that point well known now. I can't tell you the number of scenarios I have read, just as I've been an adult and in the pastorate, of various scenarios from various smart people who kind of think, oh, I, I figured it out. I, I kind of got an insight. I got a revelation. Guys, church, listen to me. This is how it's going to happen. Here we are. Here's a Jewish feast. Here's this numbers, and they all match up. And, and here's this, and, and here's that. And, and, and on this day, or really close to that day, that's when it's happening. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. And a book gets written and, and, and preachers like me will grab those books and we'll read them and go wow that sounds really awesome wow church get ready because on september such and such a date in the year of whatever probably jesus is going to come back I, I mean just in my lifetime the numbers of times i've witnessed that you know how many of them been wrong all of them every one of them and i don't care how holy they are how smart they are where they come from, what tradition they come from, what ethnic group they come from, what denomination they come from, they're all wrong. And there have been some holy people, people that you and I would respect who do that. And so we fall into disobeying God. We fall into disobeying God because they ask Jesus in, in the book of Acts, Lord, again they're pressing him, I mean, Jesus has just said, listen, stay and pray. Stay and pray until you are anointed. That would be how maybe we might say it. Until you are endued, filled with power from on high. Well, who's got time for that? we got some cooking to do. we got some yards to mow. we got some dessert to eat. Stay and pray until you are endued with power from on high. And I will pray the father he will send the spirit and you'll be my witnesses you will preach this good news well tell us again like that didn't even matter like what you just said dad that's just put that over there when when you're gonna come back now listen you can't say it I know you've heard it but you don't buy it you don't you haven't bought into it you your your, pre, your pretext and your assumptions your presuppositions override the very words of Jesus When he said, that's none of your business, you're not going to know that. I don't even know that. The angels of heaven don't know that. Get your nose out of that. Because you're not going to know. The Father has that in His very own authority, and He's not giving it to anyone, and not you, and not me, or anyone else. If, he didn't, if, if Jesus wasn't given that in his human form, and angels are all majorly powerful, not all powerful, but major powerful, don't know it. Why do you think you're going to know that or figure that out? Let me tell you when the end began. You know this. But I'm going to say it again. I'll say it again two or three years from now. The end began in a little town of Bethlehem. The end began in a little town of Bethlehem. That's when it began. The end has already begun. The end is here. The culmination of that we don't know. We don't know. And we're not going to know. But what we do know is that, until then, we can be passionate about being dedicated to, making sure that our lives witness to, that we authentically point to Jesus. And that is so convicting, because what we don't have a working understanding of is that your life is a finger pointing to Jesus. Your life is a finger pointing to Jesus. And your life is a a witness to the world that the kingdom of God has come into it. So here's the question. What sign is visible in your life that the world looks at and goes, hmm, maybe God is at work in the world see that's the conviction for us our lives are a sign a finger pointing to God a finger pointing to the end a finger pointing that Jesus is coming back so make sure there is oil in your lamp make sure that you are prepared to meet him one thing we know for sure is that he is coming back but not everyone will be ready so make sure there's oil in your lamp and you're ready to go out and meet him when the trump of God sounds and you hear the word behold The bridegroom comes. So I'll end this with the words of Jesus. This is the words of Jesus. Mark chapter 13 and verse 37. What I say to you, I say to you all, to everyone, watch. Watch. And be ready. For in such an hour when you are not prepared, I will come again. Now, I'm done. But my earnest prayer, and I was so convicted by this, deeply convicted, so I wanted to, I literally had a vision of myself coming up here on this platform with tattered garments and with ashes out of my fire pit and just dump them on myself. Seriously, that was a serious thought. In repentance and contrition, that my life is no more of a sign than it is. I'll close again with a question that is rhetorical and may sound redundant. But what sign is in your life that's who you are that points to the kingdom of God? Because it is here. Thanks for joining us at Central Church today. If you'd like to get involved, please visit us at centralnazarene.org.